Well, some of the questions that, that people ask themselves as they're going through this, all right, what do I do with my plan for my old job? Do I move it? Do I have to move it? If I move it, am I going to owe taxes? And, you know, especially now with what we're going through here in the in these times, these COVID-19 times, you know, how, how do I turn it into retirement income? And, you know, if you break it down, really simply put, there's really only five options. just a regular gym routine. When was the last time you checked on your financial fitness? If you're feeling like you're falling behind, Ed Sedell is here to help with The Retirement Trainer, a podcast about helping you get into better financial shape. Every week, Ed talks about things you need to know to become more financially fit for your future. Learn about things like how much money will you need, financial mistakes other people often make, and how you can avoid them. Plus, details on the Retirement Fitness Plan, a plan Ed personally created to help you get to and through retirement by focusing on five key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the retirement fitness plan when you visit egsifinancial.com and click on processes. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to The Retirement Trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. It's The Retirement Trainer with Ed Sedell, a podcast about finding ways to help you become financially fit for your future, no matter what shape you're in now. All right. So the question is, what do I do with my old 401k? Leave it there, take it with me, roll it over or cash it out. Do you feel like there's too many confusing options when it comes to your zombie 401k plan? This is Leanne Sedell and here to help us wade through the noise and the confusion and hopefully to give us some guidance to help us stay in the best financial shape possible. The retirement trainer, Ed Sedell. Hi, Ed. <laughs> Zombie plans. I love it. I love it. Yeah, hey, Leanne. I feel like we've got to talk very monotone through this whole thing. It's important stuff, but you got to have a little bit of fun because it is really dry. And so, you know, when we're talking about a zombie plan, a, a zombie plan is really a plan that you leave at your old employer. And and you know this, you know, when we're helping people and we're meeting with them, it's not uncommon between a husband and wife over 20, 30, you know, 40 years of working to have multiple jobs and have multiple plans, sometimes 5, 10 you know, we've seen 12, 13 plans scattered all over the place. So, and, and that's really what it is. And it's hard to keep track of them. And if you do it the wrong way, and if you handle those plans the wrong way, you could wind up with a, a surprise, actually a couple of them. One is a, a, a tax bill. And, and, you know, depending on your age, you could wind up with uh, IRS penalties too. So you want to be careful. We've seen this a lot uh, where people come in with multiple statements. They're not really sure if they have all of their statements. Sometimes they actually have not gotten a statement in many, many years because these 401ks, dependent on the plan and dependent on the responsibility of the plan administrator, they might not get it quarterly. They might only get it. Well, and some are, some are just electronic. Nowadays, they don't even send out statements because it's so expensive. A lot of the plans elect to not absorb that cost. And so they're just on the participant uh, uh, websites. So you know, if they don't log on, they don't even know that they still have those assets there or they forget about them. I uh, try to do that about medical bills. That's for sure. But um, okay. So what do people do? 
Well, some of the questions that, that people ask themselves as they're going through this, all right, what do I do with my plan for my old job? Do I move it? Do I have to move it? If I move it, am I going to owe taxes? And, you know, especially now with what we're going through here in the in these times, these COVID-19 times, you know, how, how do I turn it into retirement income? And, you know, if you break it down, really simply put, there's really only five options. Yeah, the five options, they are quite confusing, but I wanted to address the 401k issue, period, as far as 401ks are items that we don't have as much control over. And they're also, for the employer, they can be expensive, right, Ed, for the employer? Right. And so the option number one is, you know, just leave it, right? I mean, leave it where it is. And there's uh, pros and cons, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? The, The pros are, if you leave it there, once you hit 55, you could start withdrawing on those funds and depending on the plan document. So the plan document, that's what governs the rules as long as they fall and adhere under the Department of Labor ruling and, and the IRS. You could uh, withdraw funds without the 10% early withdrawal penalty. And another thing, you know, a, a lot of the bigger companies, people are very heavy into company stock in some of these plans. And so if you leave it there, you could qualify for special tax breaks called net unrealized appreciation. So I know that's kind of a right down a rabbit hole, but these are important things. And you could, again, depending on the plan, um, have access to, to plan loans and obviously asset protection. Now, some of the negative stuff is you could forget about it. We talked about this, you know, just a couple minutes ago, and not all employers are going to let you leave your assets there. It depends on the size of, of the balance. So But if they let you leave it there, they could charge you as well. Right. But if the plan or if your assets are five thousand or more, they they can't push you out. So, you know, if it's under five thousand, they they can. And the reason, you know, if it's under five thousand, there's a cost to it per participant, depending on the plan. It may make sense for them to say, you know, you're better off going somewhere else. But a lot of the plan administrators and in 401k plans just say, you know, you're you're all right, you can leave it there. But if you do, you have very limited withdrawal options and your investments are limited too. So you want to make sure that those options that you have for your investments really fit your overall financial goal. And the best thing to do is to contact your previous plan administrator. Just ask them, can I leave this in place? So that's the key. Before making the move, make sure that you ask all those questions of your financial advisor. Yes. Yeah, you're exactly right. All right. So option number two, move it to your new employer. You know, a lot of people just say, you know what, I'm just going to keep on rolling it with me and roll that that balance into to your new plan. Again, there's some good and bads that go along with that. And the, the pros, you know, you'll have your employer plans all together. They're in one place. So you know where they are, which makes it easy. All right. Consolidation. You're not going to pay any taxes on any distribution because it goes from one plan to the other. So you never touch it. You'll have the protections and benefits of the current plan. Now, some of the negatives are your new employer, they may not allow you to transfer your old plan into this one because it has to be like to like. So, you know, there's some rules that go along with that. And again, you're, you're going to be limited to the investment options offered by that plan. And a lot of employers are going to require you to, to wait until you become eligible and can enroll in the plan. So that means your old plan could be sitting out there for, you know, three months, six months or a year or longer, depending on, on what the enrollment period is. So, again, the, the best thing to do is to contact the HR department at the new employer and say, OK, what are my options? 
What are my options? All right. So option number three, we're going to move. That's to cash it out. Yeah. And let's go back to option two real quick. You know, before you do that too, there's things that you want to find out when you talk to the HR department, like what their fees are that are going to be charged to your account, you know, what the investments are, the enrollment periods. And and again, like you said, you know, talk to your financial advisor and make sure that they adhere to, to what your goals are. So sorry about that. No, no. I'm glad that you, you went back. But on to option number three, cash it out. Raid the old piggy bank, right? Yeah. Yeah, give, give me the money. So the good is one thing, you know, cash in hand. But the bad, you know, typically far outweighs the good. You could owe income taxes. I mean, you chances are you will on, on that account value. And so when you pull it out, what could happen is it could throw you, depending on the balance and what your income is, it could throw you into a, a higher tax bracket. The other thing is, by law, by Department of Labor ruling that your old company is going to withhold 20% for taxes, even if you're not in that tax bracket. So if you're under 59 and a half, uh, unless you qualify for an exemption like uh, hardship and, and some other things, you're going to owe what they call an excise tax or early withdrawal penalty, which is going to be 10%. And if you cash it out, you know, you're going to do permanent damage, irreparable harm to your retirement. And it is. And so these are the things that you're going to walk, want to walk through and make sure that what you're doing long term is is going to be in your, your best interest. And I always encourage everybody, before you cash it out, just, you know, get a second opinion and, and see if there's maybe a better option. It seems easy, you know, when you've got some debts uh, sitting on the books, it seems like the best option would be just to get that paid off. You you left your job and you don't want to be making those payments. So you're just going to take that 401k and cash it out. But there sometimes the cost of that is is overwhelming. So asking your advisor, does well, this make sense for me? Right, right. Absolutely. All right. So option number four, indirect rollover. Unfortunately, a lot of people do this and they don't understand the rules. It, it's not as simple as it sounds. Uh, this is when you take the, the check from your old plan. You're going to roll it over into an IRA, but you get the check first. It's in your name and you have 60 days to do that. So people look at it as like, wow, I've got a 60-day free loan. But the problem is, is that, man, that 60 days, it goes by really, really quick. And so, you know, there's there's some pros, but there's a whole lot of cons and a lot of negatives that go along with it. So, you know, let's go through this. I'm going to try and stay at a high level, but we're going to have to get into a little bit of the weeds just so everybody knows. So the good thing is you get the immediate cash, you get it for 60 days. When the the rollover is completed, you know, you'll you'll get the benefits, you know, of the IRA and the investments, you know, access to a whole lot of different investments. You get to optimize a lot of tax strategies, including Roth conversions, backdoor Roths, and the list goes on. And, you know, you can optimize and maximize your investments to make sure that it fits your financial picture. So you have a lot more freedom. Well, along with that freedom comes that next step, and that's day 61. And not everything happens on a 24-hour clock. So You're absolutely right. You have to make sure that you manually take that check and remember to stick it into your IRA. Okay? Indirect rollovers get reported to the IRS and, and so they know it, all right? And if you fail to, to put those funds into the IRA within 60 days, within 60 days, okay, you're going to owe taxes and, and possible penalties for early withdrawal. 
your risk is making your retirement funds fully taxable forever. And you definitely don't want to do that, um, no matter the size of the account. And so one of the other things is when you pull it out for that 60 days, you know, if the market's going up like it is right now, unlike it was the beginning part of this year, you're going to miss out on whatever those gains are. This is the part that everybody doesn't understand. So again, just like, you know, when when you cash it out, even though this is an indirect rollover, the company is going to withhold 20% for taxes, okay? Now, you only get one indirect rollover every 365 days. They're going to withhold that 20%. And when you roll it over into your IRA, so let's just use round numbers. Let's just say that it's $100,000. They're going to withhold 20% or $20,000. So you now have $80,000. All right, you're going to have to make up the amount of the taxes that they withheld, okay? Otherwise, you're gonna be taxed on that again and you could have a penalty on that 20%. And that's the part that everybody misses. That's the biggest mistake. You know, your new IRA, again, you're just gonna wanna check the fees from your old plan to your your new IRA. And again, while you may be allowed to take penalty-free withdrawals from, from an employer plan after the age of 55, you know, you typically can't withdraw penalty-free from an IRA in, until the age of 59 and a half. And again, this is all based on the plan document. So you just want to make sure you understand what your options are. And, you know, here's the other thing too. So the required minimum distribution age for this year as part of the SECURE Act raised from 70 and a half to 72. So they gave us an extra 18 months. If you roll it over into an IRA, even if you're still working, you're going to have to take RMDs, required minimum distributions, from that IRA. However, if you roll it over into a new employer plan and you're working for that employer, all right, you're not going to have to take your required minimum distribution if you work past the age of 72. So these are just, again, some things that you're going to want to think about and make sure that it, it fits your overall financial plan, because that's really what it comes down to. There's so many, so many details involved there. And that's why you really need to have an expert involved, have somebody that actually studies and looks into all the new changes, just like this year, when it went from 70 and a half to 72, and some of the other things revolving around COVID-19, you need to have an expert involved. A CPA, your your financial advisor. Whatever your advising team is, right? So I encourage you to reach out and ask for help. Absolutely. All right. Now we're going to go on to option five, the direct rollover. Yeah. And, and this is the, the simplest, most effective uh, when you're moving money. So it is a trustee to trustee transfer. You hear me say that all the time. So it is going from one trustee to another. Again, there's some pros and cons here too. The pros are if you move it, you roll it over from one plan into an IRA, you know, your investment options, you're going to have so many more options. So you're going to be able to optimize a lot of tax strategies, which includes, you know, your, your Roth conversions, backdoor Ross and, you know, some, some other things. And again, you know, you're, you're going to have a lot more investment options to be able to optimize your financial picture. You're, you're going to avoid all uh, IRS penalties because you never, ever touch the money. Again, it goes from one qualified trustee to another qualified trustee. So that tax from the indirect is not withheld. There's no tax. So if you have 100000 in the example that we used before and you roll it from a plan, 401k plan or 403b or 457 into an IRA, you know, you're going to have that 100000 over there. 
So there's there's no penalties or, or taxes. The cons now, Ed, of this one. Yeah, you know, you're you're gonna have uh, have to do some paperwork, and and you know that, right? I, yeah, I, because we help we we help our clients and help people with with that paperwork. It's uh, it's confusing, you know. It changes from one plan to the next, and it's almost like reading a different foreign language. You know, it really is. Let's just say you worked for a smaller uh, company, and then you work for a larger company. The way in which they handle their rollovers is completely different. I, I I'd love to tell you that I could say in one sentence how you go about rolling your four hundred one k over to an IRA. It, there is no one sentence, so it, it's not one size fits all. That's for sure. That's right. And we do. We walk our clients through filling out that paperwork. For the most part, we fill it out for them so that they don't even have to, they request the paperwork and we fill it out for them. Yeah, with them being there, you know, I, yeah, but you're you're right because it is. I mean, we sit down and, and we go through step by step and that's that's important, you know, and, and some of the other negatives are, while you may be allowed to, to take, you know, penalty-free withdrawals from an employer plan, you know, after the age of 55, you typically can't withdraw the penalty-free from an IRA until after age 59 and a half from an IRA. Now, there's an exception called a 72T. And again, I'm getting ready to go down a rabbit hole. But again, this is why you're going to want to talk to an expert who understands this to make sure that it adheres to, to your overall plan. And also, the, the assets in an employer retirement plan typically you know, it varies from state to state, but have greater protection from creditors than assets held in an IRA. Now, I say that as a general rule, but here in Ohio, the the creditor protection is really, really good. And so, again, you're going to want to make sure that you're talking with your advisor to, to understand, in your words, Leanne, earlier, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Hopefully, those that are listening to this today aren't completely overwhelmed. But if you are to a point where you would like to get some advice, don't hesitate to reach out to Ed. The way you can reach him is through info at egsifinancial.com, or you can go directly to our website at www.egsifinancial.com, or give us a call. Our office number is 614-526-4118. Again, taking in all this information, let's get your questions answered. Thanks, Ed. Yeah, absolutely. Just remember, I, I know it can be overwhelming. You do not need to do it by yourself. You know, just just make sure you uh, you get help. Thanks. Hey, when was the last time you tested your fitness level? Not your workout routine. I'm talking about your financial endurance. Because if saving to a 401k is the extent of your effort, it is time for you to start shaping up. And Ed Sedell is here to help you do that with the Retirement Trainer. It's his podcast to help you examine your financial stamina and learn the questions you should be asking and areas to focus on to help you get to that place you've been working so hard for, a happy, comfortable retirement. And it's not as hard as some might have made you believe. Ed's broken it down into five simple steps. It's the Retirement Fitness Plan, which he personally created to help clarify key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the Retirement Fitness Plan at egsifinancial.com. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to the Retirement Trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. Investment advisory services offered through EGSI Investment Management, DBA EGSI Financial Group, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through EGSI Financial Services, Inc., Ohio license number 1020619. Thank you.